Hey Warriors, welcome back to another episode of Warrior Within. I hope you've been having a great week. I know I've been having a decent one. Um, we are back to looking for renting, and we're still looking. Um, hasn't been anything has really popped out, and some people have not been responding to us, which is kind of annoying. And other people, you know, just not getting the information that we need because there's like this really cool house that really stands out to us but we want to see what it looks like inside and they haven't given us the information that we're looking for which is either pictures or even a virtual tour anyway uh you could pray for that and we're still trying to figure out how, you know a good place like a proper place because we you know we've been joking around because we've been kind of doing some research and studying on cults and a little bit more again lately and we're finding that out in texas there seems to be a lot of connection to that too but not only that there's also people who who have been like caught up in hillsong or like bethel or any of these other celebrity type churches who have put like their whole heart into it and then they realized when things weren't exactly what they thought they were they leave and that those are the type of people we also want to reach out to but anyway the idea is guys you know god has a plan you know there's a reason for somewhat of a delay we I, we don't know why 100 percent. but sometimes it's just because of the timing you know we we as humans try very hard to figure out how to make things happen when we want it to and when God places things on our hearts to do things, remember, like we talked about a few months back, you got to take a step back, but also sometimes in delay, God is doing something and we just need to be patient. A lot of times people are like, well, you just need to just pick. Well, no, you don't have to just pick. If you're seeking out God's wisdom and direction, you, you wait on his leading. Like you will know that God is opening this door. You will know that things are happening because he's putting things together. So it's just something to think about. Um, I also want to recognize that, you know, we have a actually a new subscriber, which I thought was really cool. Uh, his name is Michael Bennett. And I just want to thank you for subscribing. If you guys want to support, the money is, you know, will be used to help us in our ministry and how we're out there. Like a lot of people don't understand, but, you know, being a church planner is kind of like being a missionary. Just you're not traveling overseas. You're here in the United States. And sometimes in here in the United States, it's not as easy as people think. Um, you know, you've seen how bad our economy can get with inflation going up and issues like that, that, you know, it is a challenge. So please don't become a supporter because you, should, you feel like you should. You should do it only because God is leading you. Because I understand money is tight in some ways and people are struggling so that's something we can actually pray as a bunch of guys for each other because not all of us are in good situations to be able to handle the inflation very well also um once again if you guys were a part of our group you know that i have a friend of mine who through the gaming community i'm a part of he actually makes custom blades and i realized that you know hey father's day is around the corner and spring is it right right now to right around the corner and some of you guys probably like to hunt you probably like to go fishing and you probably do other things like camping which allows you to want to bring something really cool like a blade or a knife well once again i will put this uh advertised on the page but i also put it probably in the link below for uh this podcast but r and c knife company um he is a texas guy and he actually made me a pocket knife 
um, for helping him out by advertising a little bit for him. You know, it's really cool. And it's very sturdy, has a good weight to it. And, of course, it's sharp. So the idea is, guys, if you've been thinking about some type of custom, maybe a blade, a knife of some type, or and I'm talking about a blade like a sword. Like, you know, he can do some of that stuff, too. But it does cost a bit more. Like, he did make a blade for a pastor friend of mine, which my friend who was using it for the armor of God as an example to show. So it is possible for him to make a blade for you as well. So if you are considering something like that, or you've been kind of asking or hinting that with maybe with your family or your wife, you know, this is a good opportunity to kind of direct them to uh, this friend of mine and see what you can do. Okay, so this week, you know, one of the things about the gaming life is that we're in a community, right? But there's other Christian communities. And sometimes in those Christian communities, that just like in real life, there can be drama, there could be divisiveness, there could be issues. And one thing that I've always noticed, though, in these situations, is how mean Christians could be to each other. And it is no different than what I've seen in churches or in Christian organizations that are not in the gaming world can be. So this week I was kind of... I guess kind of debating through my head, talking with God a bit and just kind of looking up some things uh, about how people should treat each other. And I kind of noticed that people's responses when they don't, especially, and this is just for the Christian perspective, when people don't like conversation, whether it's religious or political or just something they disagree, I kind of noticed that there's this trend of phrasing that people love to use a lot. Now, we know that the two main commandments of scripture that Jesus gave us were love the Lord your God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and to love our neighbor as ourself. Well, the movements that have been going on, the, the what I call the progressive mindset teaching or the ideology and philosophy that's being presented to us lately, and I've kind of noticed that even more in the past 10 to maybe even about almost 20 years is the phrase, well, you just need to love each other. You know, as Christians, we're supposed to love like Jesus. We're just supposed to love. And we don't define the understanding of what it means to love. Now, most of us, we think of the word love, we think of emotional feeling, like feeling like good feelings, peaceful feelings, and good desires. And in some sense, that is true. But the one thing, you know, I always go back to, there, there's big pieces. You take a regular relationship, you know, my example would be like between a husband and wife or even two people dating, Right. If every day I just told my wife I loved her, but never showed any other form but words, does that show love to her? And the quick answer is no. Most of us guys who are married, we know that just saying I love you is not clear of what you mean by loving that person. We also know we can go right into uh, 1 Corinthians 15, I believe a love chapter and we can use all those definitions and we can define that. And that would be the simple way of doing all this. Um, but the truth is, you know, I want to get more, a little deeper in, in conversation. If your wife, you know, you tell her you love her and you don't do anything else. I'm sure that there's been times where you've been kind of lazy, like about showing a little bit more about how much you love her. And I'm not talking about taking her to the bedroom. 
I'm talking about actions. Like some people, I've heard stories like, "Oh, my husband, he always goes and he fills up my my car for me when I when I least expect it, or he warms up my car for me in the in the winter times just before I have to go to work." Like those are actions. I do I do have to say that love is more about action, but then I also know the other thing is that people always think is those that those are the definitions of love. You know, being having good feelings towards people. You know, you know, not speaking negatively or whatever or doing things like that but what we also forget is that we're also responsible for teaching truth and the gospel message and what the god what god says in his word and we forget that also love can be disciplinarian way of looking at it or it can be um, chastising like what God does to us. It could be confronting a brother who's in sin. It is recognizing that though other religions may come into our, you know, into our world, into our bubble, you know, people you might meet someone who's Islamic, you might meet someone who's Buddhist, you might see, meet someone who believes in the Nordic way, you might meet someone who lives by the way of the samurai of honor. And the thing is, there is also a scripture that tells us to not allow people to go to hell. So in other words, share the gospel. And a lot of times what I've been hearing more of lately is, you know, we're just supposed to be loving. Well, loving doesn't mean you don't say anything to someone who doesn't believe in the theology and truth of the scriptures like you do. It doesn't matter if they think they're a sect of the Christian faith, but believe totally different than what you do, or someone who may be a Buddhist. Those opportunities that God gives you to speak to those people are opportunities for you to share the gospel or talk to them, build a relationship with them. And so they can get to see Jesus in you. So the idea is that you're not supposed to run around like hating on people and, and condemning everyone because God's already done that. He's a judge. But if they don't know that there is a Jesus who loves them, who was a man who was also God, who was born and he became, he was basically perfect holy in in his whole life and he was willing to die on the cross and that he died for you and basically that's the image of god giving himself to you because in a lot of other religions god is does not care about you that way you know you you love him period and the god or gods they get to rule over you and the, the idea of love is you are a servant and that's it. And it's kind of interesting because even in Christianity is that, yes, God is our Lord. God is our King. God is our master. And we are to serve and follow him, but he was willing to give up his son for you. Let that sink in a little bit. He was willing to give up his son for you. He was willing to send someone to die on your behalf. You see, that's the thing about what I've kind of noticed when I see Christians arguing, whatever it may be, 
is that they start defining scripture to fit the image that Christians aren't supposed to have any form of heated debate. And it's like, no, you can have good discussions and debate. What I don't like is the the rage and the anger and the hurtful words and the accusations and the mistreatment of each other because someone doesn't believe the same way you do. Just because they may not accept that you think this is what it means doesn't mean that they're a bigot or that they're hateful, that they are racist or that they are politically insane or that they follow um, uh, conspiracies. It's it, The thing is, is like all of us are in different... I guess you could say positions of our spiritual walk and growth. But there is pillars of truth. So we can't run around and say, you know, it's okay to believe one way because I'm a Christian and we're just supposed to love each other and encourage one another. No, 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 no. If you're believing something that's not of scripture, that is not of God, you're just believing it because you feel good about it and you're supporting people and you're being loving doesn't mean that it's right you can love someone for the wrong reasons just as you can accept someone for the wrong reasons we need to be very careful and understand the difference between those two things because you don't want to find ourselves in a situation where we're just accepting different views just because we're supposed to be loving loving like if your son was going out every single day and getting drunk and then getting into a bar fight and coming home and you just say son i love you and that's all you keep doing just keep showing him love every day that's not going to change him or even point out to him that this is bad behavior no you're gonna just try to talk to him. You're going to try to reason with him. You're going to try to find out what, what's what's wrong. What, you know, what happened? Is there something bothering you? And get to the knit and gritty. And then sometimes if they keep on just not wanting to change, you got to let them go. Now, I think of the prodigal son and the father didn't flee to him. He warned him. But the son still in his own desire asked for his inheritance and took it and ran off and then he wasted it all he chased after what he wanted his his idea of worldview and desire for living in life and lost it all but he still came back thinking no, there's no way my father is going to love me the same way. He's, I, I know I'll just work for him. I'll serve him, blah, blah, blah. But his father held out his arms saying, please come back. I, I love you, son. Thank you. Thank you for trusting me again. That's how God is. So why do we think that just being loving is going to impact someone's heart by just straight up being loving? Sometimes you do need to confront your fellow brothers and sisters and what they did wrong. Like we, I think we talked a little bit at last time, but you learned, to, you, you understand you have to forgive your brother in Christ. 
doesn't mean that there's no consequences. Doesn't mean that there's no issues that come between you and that brother or sister in Christ. But at the end of things, we're supposed to be able to sit with each other and be at peace and be encouraging and to be there for one another. Because that's, that's just part of what we're supposed to do. Because like I think about going to John 15 verses starting at verse 9 states, I have loved you as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. You are my friends. If you do what I command, I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the father told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. Now we've talked about what fruit is. Fruit is action. Is living out what you're supposed to be living out as a Christian. So that the father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my commandment. Love each other. If the world hates you, remember that it hates me first. The world will love you as one of its own. Belong like, like you belong to it. But you are no longer part of the world. I chose you. Come out of the world so it hates you. See, that's the thing. I think what we do is we do the first part. Like, well, you know, God loves us. He sent his son. Jesus loved us. And we need to follow that. And we got to remember to love each other. And then we stop there. So now this opens up the door for accepting views that are outside as okay. And then we go to the next two verses and it's telling you, Hey, remember, they hate you because they hate me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it. We no longer belong to the world because we accepted Christ. So why do we accept ideologies and philosophies and other views so easily? Why is it okay to accept some of these versions of truth because, well, we want to fit in, want to look like the world, or, you know, we think if we, if we do it this way, then we can actually kind of fit in the world. And so that would be, it'd be easier to maybe reach out to them, see them change. I mean, we could pick a lot of different reasonings of why it possibly someone could do such things, but then we forget that there are still important things to think about. You go to Colossians 2. Um, that's where we're going to start in the second half. But when you go to Colossians 2, starting at 8, you're going to have a better understanding of what it means to not allow views and ideologies outside of truth to capture you. 
I want you to understand that, yes, we are supposed to love one another. And yes, we should, if we're going to confront our brother and sister in Christ, we do it in love. But we don't say that to stop discussions because I disagree with you and you're just supposed to just love me no matter what and whatever I believe. A true brother and sister in Christ is willing to confront you. And maybe you need to put some pride out of the way and just listen before you go and think, hey, they need to just be quiet. So I need to tell them, hey, you're supposed to just love me. Take a quick break and we'll continue after this moment. Hey, Warriors, welcome back to the second half of this episode. And as I said, we're going to start off in Colossians 2 and verse 8, but I'm actually going to start at 6 because it kind of capulates the whole image. It says, and now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, so you understand that it's talking about people who are saved, you must continue to follow him. So you're following the way of the Lord. Verse 7, let your roots grow down into him. Remember, roots mean like a tree. If you know that there is a good tree, the roots go deep. A tree that's in a shallow section can be easily pushed over. Um, The winds can knock it down. Bad storms can knock it down. And you start seeing... How things just kind of like it, like the weaker the root system, the weaker the tree looks. So understand that weaker the root system, the weaker the tree looks, the weaker your root system is in Jesus. And in truth, the weaker you become. I want you guys to think about that. You know, all of this is we're actually coming down to understanding that. For us to love one another, you need to first have deep roots. Okay? You gotta have deep roots in Jesus. Then it states, Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Because as you become deeper in Christ, your roots get deeper in truth, you will find yourself being able to have discernment you'll find yourself to be more willing to speak up for truth you'll find yourself to be able to confront a brother and sister with their issues now be mindful that you don't have a bunch of issues yourself and you're just being a hypocrite because there is two different views you could still tell someone hey you shouldn't be doing that and they can't turn around and say, well, you can't judge me. Yes, I guess I can because you are doing something you're not supposed to be doing. And that's not very Christ-like. Well, you're not a pastor. You don't have to be a pastor to do that. It doesn't mean I, I expect you guys to stand in front of everybody in the church and point out someone's problem. You should go one-on-one. You do it in love. You may lose a friend. You may lose someone you know who will never talk to you again. That's okay. Because if, if you're walking with the Lord and a brother comes to you, you should actually, yeah, you might be defensive at first, but you'll take a moment to think about what they're saying, take a step back, breathe, 
and go, oh, you know what? Yeah, I should probably stop doing that. I can see where this is taking me. But you see, a lot of times when we get to that point, most of us are at this desire that, no, this pleases me, makes me feel good. Why would I want to quit? So all this to kind of point to verse 8 through 10. It says, do not let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from spiritual powers of this world. You see, what starts happening when your roots aren't deep in Christ is you start hearing these other philosophies, these other ideologies, these people using scripture to say, we need to be like this. We need to do this. We need to support that. And then you get, you know, spiritual powers, which means the, you know, there's the spiritual battle that's going on around us. And there's the spirits around us that are trying to get us to see that the world has all the answers. And then it all comes down that you'd rather do that than Christ, because if you choosing all these philosophies, ideologies, these different forms of religion, kind of taking pieces of each of these parts of this world, you're basically denying Christ. I mean, you may say, oh, no, I'm not. I go to church. That doesn't mean anything. If you're accepting of these things, you're basically saying what is in scripture is if it doesn't fit this views over here on the left, then maybe there's something wrong with Christianity. Maybe maybe it's just not caught up fast enough. Maybe we're not being spiritual enough. Maybe we're not discovering God like we're supposed to. Maybe maybe the Bible isn't 100% true. You see how this starts changing your mindset? In verse 9 it says for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. You see, this, these verses right here have been a part of my life since I was 22, or actually 21, maybe even 20. It's just around that time, my one year away, to Maranatha Baptist Bible College, these verses stood out to me a lot. But I, di I didn't understand them more until later when I went back to school to get my bachelor's. And I was like 27 range. And I was doing psychology program and these verses came to me because I was getting told you need to accept these views and philosophies and, and theories as okay. They didn't fit scripture at all, but I was supposed to accept them anyway, because we're, we're about just sprinkling Jesus in this stuff. Because if you guys don't realize, uh, psychology is not built upon a religious or biblical, I should say a biblical foundation. It's built on a worldly one. I'm not saying that it's all bad. I'm saying, you know, because there's a lot of techniques that are really good and all that, but the, the foundation of it, you understand the foundation of it is not from the Bible. So I'm not poo-pooing anybody who's doing psychology. I'm not poo-pooing who may be a psychologist on here or has a degree. Just understand that the foundations of that system is not biblical. Anyway, going back to our understanding. So as we treat one another in love, we got to remember that there's still pieces 
that we need to hold on to that are absolute truths. We can't accept philosophies and ideologies that are getting presented to us under the name of what well, you need to just love one another. You know, you need to just accept people's love. You need to just accept where they're at. You need to just be tolerant where their where their walk is. No. No, you don't you don't need to be tolerant. If someone's doing bad stuff and they're they're the leader of your church or a leader in your church and no one in that church is confronting it and when you go and you talk to your leadership your pastors or whatever they're like oh well you know that's okay as long as they're not hurting anyone we're, we're good if they start not really saying they need to do something about it i would advise you to leave that church you go find a church that's standing firm on the truth it's protecting its leadership because there's even in Timothy where he even tells you to be careful and don't rush into putting someone to leadership just because they seem to be okay. Because this is all connected to the understanding that there's wolves and there's false teachers, there's hypocrites, there's Pharisees. There's going to be people who have their own desires that are going to be trying to get into the church because they they use God as you know their platform they they love Jesus but they have issues that they have not dealt with or they have agendas that they really want that's why when pastors go and have secret uh meetings with people that they're going to hire instead of bringing the whole pastoral team to make sure that there's nothing wrong with this person I think that's kind of wrong. I think one of the things that I want to do with my church is to make sure as I gain staff, they all get to know someone that I'm interested in maybe considering being part of the staff, get to know them and talk to them, see how they feel about them. Because we all need to be in agreement. You don't want to bring someone in that someone could feel there's something not right and you just you need to ask the right questions and they and they let you know then you can ask the right questions because sometimes people want you know same face in front of certain people to appear but sometimes other people may have better discernment than you are on certain things that they notice because of their experiences so be mindful when people keep telling you, you just need to love each other in Christ, you need to be just loving, loving, loving. It's not just loving. There is time when we are supposed to confront because I go back to 2 Timothy 4. Okay. 2 Timothy 4, verse 2 starts off, preach the word of God, be prepared, whether the time is favorable or not, patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itchy ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. Okay? Understand, people are not going to always agree with you, even if you're speaking truth, even if they call themselves a Christian, even if they think they're a Christian. 
you need to understand it is important to understand that we can patiently correct rebuke and encourage with good teaching so you see the connection in all of this is if you're not rooted in christ if you're not like a tree who has deep roots in the ground of truth you will use phrasings and words to basically block people from saying what they need to say when it's truth i've seen it more often in the past few years where people are using scripture to support views support ideologies support philosophies support um, agendas to get behind by taking it out of context. That's a big no-no. Even I have to make sure, double check, go back to scripture. And it's it been even more of a testament even now for me to even do that because it is vital with some of the stuff that I'm hearing and seeing that I'm going, wait, what? And I have to go back and I have to read the scriptures again and make sure that maybe I misread the context based on what someone else is saying. Where are they? I mean, it's becoming more prevalent to run into people just splurting out information and then using like a verse or two to pop out and say, hey, look, at the verse says this. And then they kind of create a, like their own version of interpretation, but they don't, they didn't use it in the context of which it came from. But yet people, hundreds of people are getting behind them and supporting them and sending them money and, and thinking they're amazing. And then you get something like Hillsong where all this stuff gets revealed and all that love and, and cherished desire that you put into this church was all for a wrong motive. No, it's quite interesting because there was a verse that God gave me last week, and I can't remember if I used it for you guys last week, but it was very fascinating to me because it's in James 4. It states, what is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't, don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You're jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask for God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. And that last verse right there is the verse that's been standing out to me, even with this little section of talking about how, how we Christians treat each other we're trying to have discussions or even getting it gets a little heated and instead of maybe taking a step back to make sure that i'm where i'm supposed to be we step on the other person's fingers and toes and try to hurt them calling them names attack them whatever when you are pointing out truth because i kind of notice the more that god speaks in truth from somebody you know you, whether it's me or someone else who's speaking truth People don't like to hear it. People become quarrelsome and they fight and they're bitter, they're angry, or they say, well, I'm not going to be part of your church, or I don't want to be part of this guild, or I don't want to be your friend anymore. And they push you away. 
In my mind, that's okay. Because if God's going to reach out to somebody, it's not going to be through me. It's going to be through the Holy Spirit. And if someone can't see that something that they're standing for is not biblical, but it's only what's politically or emotionally correct in their eyes or stands for more freedom or it talks about, you know, being more loving to the world. Well, you're supposed to love the world by giving them the gospel and the truth. They're not going to like it. They're not going to be pleased by your responses that are going to sound biblical and don't fit the agenda that they want. If you're getting people who are worldly agreeing with you and how you're saying it because you're sugarcoating the beauty of the, of the gospel and, and the message of truth and scripture to help them feel better. That's not bringing them to Christ in their minds. They're like bringing you to them. You're being more like them. So be mindful of that. Be, be mindful of your words. You know, you're talking to a Christian brother and sister about something you may disagree with them. You have God's word. You use it. You could speak up for truth if it is truth. But if you're getting told, you know, that's not what the scriptures mean, and you're, you are adamantly, emotionally saying, yes, it is, because that's what you want to believe inside. But they're giving you verses that could counter it. Study up. Look it up. Ask yourself, why would they be saying that? Why are they saying the scriptures say that? You go and research it. Make sure that they are using the scriptures appropriately too. You have the Holy Spirit. We are given the priesthood. We have the capability of interpreting scripture. Interpreting scripture. So make sure that you yourself haven't stumbled away from the truth. But at the same time, you could still have a good, clean argument with somebody as long as you're sticking to the truth that you're using the scriptures as your foundation and not just feelings and emotions or political views or philosophies or ideologies or whatever it may be that isn't part of scripture, but it fits the world's perspective of things and expect it to be okay. Because the first thing you got to do is be humble with the Lord, standing in his truth and humility, understanding he is Lord and he will teach. But when all I hear is, here is my answer, and it's like a booklet that's basically giving you all this nice wordages and then slips a couple of verses inside there to make it seem like this is what that's saying. And you or I don't take the time to go and find out where that verse came from. You could be easily deceived because any good con artist can make words sound right, add verses to make it sound legit and then make you feel emotionally attached to it. Good actors do that. Good stories do that. Taking truth and using it for an agenda is not the same as knowing your truth and understanding that the agenda has to reflect truth. And if it doesn't, you're not supposed to support it. 
that also implies in how we talk to each other. If you and I have a disagreement and a view, and we can share the verses why blah 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 back and forth, it's going to get us both to want to learn and teach and sharpens iron or iron sharpens iron. That allows us to be able to take the time to look. A lot of times what I don't see is not sharpening. What I see is people trying to kill each other. And that's where I think the problem lies. So we use the just love one another as the quick you know, way to shut down all conversation because I disagree with you. And so I'm going to take the high road by saying, well, I'm just going to love you no matter what. And we should just love each other. So stop it. That, that's not that's not you making sure that you are in right track that's making sure that your view doesn't get unjustified or get blocked off or that you disagree so therefore this is the easy way out so be careful of that okay gentlemen um I'm going to pray real quick. Uh, dear my father thank you for this time I ask you blessed help those that are listening and hearing I hope this uh reaches out to hearts and minds that makes things clear. I pray that you will be honored and glorified. I pray that you help us to make sure that we can still love each other. I have no question of that, but make sure we're also willing to help each other, encourage one another, build up one another, but especially not be fooled by worldly things and philosophies that people may be using to justify action. I pray Lord that you move men and women that may be listening to understand and to remember if they're believing things that are of this world, they need to say no to it and they need to stay in truth. We are given the Holy Spirit. And in fact, if they go want to James 15, 26 even tells us that God's giving us an advocate, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth. Help us to remember that. And we need to be careful that we're not allowing emotions and feelings and ideologies to fill our hearts and minds, that we start not using scripture as our truth, but these ideologies and sprinkle a little bit of scripture into it. <clears throat> I thank you, Lord. I pray you bless everyone who's listening in their week. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, I hope you have a great week. I look forward to seeing you guys next time. I do ask that you just think about what I said. Allow it to be in your minds. Understand, pay attention to even how Christians talk to each other, and deal with each other. We all can enjoy each other's conversations without having to just use like, well, I disagree with you. So therefore we need to stop talking. No, because if you're not willing to search to make sure why you believe what you believe the same way they should, then you're missing out on understanding how to sh iron sharpens iron. You guys be blessed, and I'll see you next time.